I'm Casey Bell from the Google Teacher Podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, you may remember my four-part interview with David Mileto. That's episodes 269, 271, 277, and 280. We talked about his Italian heritage. We told some family stories. He talked about his artwork. And we focused on his growing up in the 50s, 60s, and 70s. Well, he's now published a book called Images of an Idea Lost, the story of his ill-fated 25-year relationship with Linda, the love of his life. Go to his website, davidmoletto.com or Apple Books to get a copy today. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Brian Weisfeld, who has been building businesses all of his life. And now he has created a book series called The Startup Squad, which is dedicated to empowering girls to realize their potential and follow their dreams. Lots to learn today. By the way, make sure you listen at the very end for a chance to win a free talk with Brian. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe. Enjoy. You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Brian Weisfeld has been building businesses his entire life. In elementary school, he bought 95 pounds of gummy bears and hired his friends to sell them. I love this. As a teen, he made and sold mixtapes. You may have to ask your parents what those are. (laughs) I know exactly what mixtapes are. (laughs) Sorted baseball cards. He got paid in cards. Babysat four days a week after school and sold nuts and dried fruit and more gummy bears in a neighborhood store. As an adult, Brian helped build well-known billion-dollar companies, including IMAX Corporation and Coupons.com. Then he watched his oldest daughter struggle to sell Girl Scout cookies, and he also became frustrated with some of the less-than-empowering influences he saw for his two girls. So he bought a copy of Writing Children's Books for Dummies and decided to write a novel series to inspire girls to open their first lemonade stands or other businesses and to empower them with an entrepreneurial mindset. The first book in the Startup Squad series was released by McMillan in May 2019, and the second book, Face the Music, has just been released in May 2020. Brian is the founder and chief squad officer of the Startup Squad, an initiative dedicated to empowering girls to realize their potential and follow their dreams, whatever their passion. The Startup Squad is his first book and is co-authored with Nicole C. Carr. Brian lives in Silicon Valley and can often be found eating gummy bears with his wife while watching his two daughters sell lemonade from their end of the driveway stand. Brian, welcome to the show. Say hi to everyone. Hi. Uh, Nice to see everyone. Unfortunately, the girls aren't selling a whole lot of lemonade now in the middle of the pandemic, but uh, otherwise we're we're all doing okay. Well, glad to have you here, and I appreciate it. And uh, you got a lot of cool things going on. And uh, let's—I I, got to start with you as a child and teenager, being an entrepreneur. You, from gummy bears to mixtapes to baseball cards to a ski shop and so much more. Where'd that drive come from? You know, I was always interested in in businesses. Uh, I can remember early on. I used to always love to read. Um, I think it was the, like the Forbes 400 had this the magazine came out and had the story about all the wealthiest people and the wealth wasn't really as interesting to me, but what they used to do is they used to have like a paragraph about how each person 
got to their position? Like, what did they do? What was their company? What was the inspiration behind it? And I always found that fascinating. And so um, I was always interested in business and uh, I still have no idea where, uh, how an 11 year old kid got 95 pounds of gummy bears. And unfortunately <laughs> I asked my mom the other day and she couldn't remember either, but um, it's something that I, that I was always interested in. in and even um, when I worked at the, the nuts and dried fruit store in, uh, I guess I was in high school. Um, yeah, I was probably either ninth or 10th grade. Uh, I, I remember even the, the, it was a sole proprietor who owned it and he was looking at expanding the shop and I went with him to scout out the other locations. Like I just was always interested in seeing what businesses tick and what was, what goes into deciding whether to expand your business or not. And so it's always been there. I, I can't really tell you where it's from. Well, that's so cool. Cause, and I, and it's neat because I mean, I, I get to see that that spirit building as you have some success. I mean, cause first of all, not only the 95 pounds of gummy bears, but also then to hire your friends. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's cool. And yeah. you know, as a, a, just a side note, as a former principal, I always had children that you had to go have a conversation with to talk to them about the, their entrepreneurial uh, endeavors that they had from selling, you know, going to some of these giant big box stores and buying lots of candy bars. You'd have, it's like, what club are you selling that for? Uh, the club? Yeah. Uh, you know. Well, I, I, I'll tell you a very funny story. So, um, you know, the, the part of the goal of the first book in the series was to inspire girls to go out and open up their first lemonade stand and start a business. And so I got a note from a, a friend of mine saying that his daughter read the book and that weekend she ran a lemonade stand. And it was, I just, it made me feel so great. Like this is what it's all about. And two weeks later, I get a call from him and he says, yes, yeah, so we got a note from, the, uh, from my daughter's teacher today um, asking that she stop selling slime in class because it's disrupting the classroom. And um, uh, I said to him, I was like, you know, I, I, I feel for you as a parent, but, you know, as an author trying to get girls to do entrepreneurial stuff, I'm so proud of her. So, yeah, I, I hear you on that, that, uh, that balance of, I, I don't necessarily think I was uh, allowed to be selling those going bears in school either. <laughs> it's funny. It's, it's just funny because, you know, usually the conversations with the kids who are doing that were not tough conversations. They were, they were literally like, okay, I, I can't have you doing this. All right. And then, yeah. and, uh, and then so, yeah, sometimes you had to call home, sometimes you didn't. And, uh, but my all-time favorite one was a kid who was selling tennis shoes. He had bought a, a whole bunch of shoes at a warehouse and they were, I mean, he got a great deal. He, and he brought them to school. And at lunch one day, there's this huge crowd. We thought it was, you know, something like a fight happening or something. You go running over there and he's selling these shoes that were, it was a good deal. 10 bucks a pair. And it's like, <laughs> he said, he goes, but I've got more in my car. And I said, yeah, you're gonna have to put these back. Yeah. So cool stuff though. It's, it's, yeah, I, I always appreciated that kid though. It was like <laughs> mm -hmm. good stuff. Got that spirit going. So could we talk a little bit about identifying, listening to and pursuing inspiration? Because I think that's a lot of what's going on in this in your world. Yeah, certainly. And and interestingly, I did a TEDx uh, on that exact topic of kindling uh, inspiration, and you could find it. You just search for Brian Weisfeld and, and TEDx. Um, but essentially, you know what I what I talked about was for a, a few different things. You can't just go out and say, "Hey, I'm going to be inspired today," right? I mean, inspiration doesn't doesn't work like that. But what you can do is you can keep your eyes open to the world around you. And um, you know, my, one of my favorite song lyrics of all time is from the Grateful Dead song, Scarlet Begonias. And the lyric goes, once in a while you get shown the light in the strangest of places if you look at it right. 
And that's what inspiration is. That's where inspiration can strikes. When I, when I got struck with the inspiration for the startup squad, I was reading books on a Sunday morning, laying in bed with my daughters. It wasn't like, you know, I meant to be inspired then, but it was just when it hit. And so I think a big part about identifying inspiration and hearing it is just having your, your mind open to it and being aware of what's going on and, and being receptive to those new ideas. And then in terms of pursuing it, I think a lot of that is the mindset. And that's what I'm, what I'm so focused on with, um, with girls and, and kids in general is getting them comfortable with risk and failure and being able to, once you have that inspiration, to say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to now pursue it. I'm going to take a little bit of a risk and I'm going to try to do it. And that's something that I think you can, you can start with kids now. Get them comfortable with risk. Get them comfortable with failure. And then when inspiration does hit, they'll be willing to jump into it. Because it's one thing to have the inspiration. It's another thing to, to act on it and, and create something out of it. And I love that talk. I've watched it. I've actually watched your talk multiple times because it's, and I've shared it with a lot of people because it is very inspiring in itself in, in encouraging leaders to, to, to take that step that uh, is, is tough sometimes. <laughs> Once yeah, you get the you. idea. Yeah. The, uh, so let's shift to the startup squad. Who's your target audience and what do you hope happens as they read the startup squad and your newest addition, you know, to the series face the music. So the startup, the audience, the startup squad is, I'd say, seven to thirteen-year-old kids, primarily girls. Uh, there's nothing anti-boy about the book, um, but uh, I wrote it with my daughters in mind, wanting something to be out there. But certainly, you know, I speak to school groups and libraries and all those things, and I talk about all this stuff on a co-ed basis. Um, but and we describe ourselves as girl-targeted but boy-inclusive. And so, the, so that's the that's the target market. When the hope is that um, the, the kids will be inspired and want to start that that first business. And so, the way the books are structured is there's three different parts, and I describe them as part inspiration, part information, and part aspiration. And the inspiration part is that um, is the narrative. So these books are novels. Uh, think of them as the the Babysitters Club meets Lean In. Um, they are uh, the story about four sixth grade girls whose in the first book, their class is going on a field trip to the local amusement park. And to raise money for the field trip, all the kids get put into teams and each team runs, gets, has to run a competing lemonade stand. And whichever lemonade stand raises the most money, those kids get the VIP tickets to the front of the, to the they get to like cut to the front of the line. And um, uh, these girls get thrown together on a team. They're not friends they don't even like each other but they have to figure out how to work together and how to get along and how to become friends and also how to run this this lemonade stand and it's a fun story and so the hope is that the readers will the kids will read it and say hey that sounds like fun i want to start my own lemonade stand and then in the back of the book we have the information section which is a non-fiction section about about different business terms and so and we do it in a very kid-friendly way we'll say hey remember when the girls were making a big sign for their lemonade stand well that's actually called marketing and here are some marketing tips you can use for your business. And so each book, we give the kids actual tips that they can then use to apply to this lemonade stand or other business that they've been inspired to start. And so in the first book, we cover sales, marketing, merchandising, and location. In the second book, uh, Face the Music, we cover uh, sales, uh, sorry, the difference between revenue and profit, pricing, negotiation, and customer service. And all these I bring in outside experts. One, I base it based on the things that I learned in my business career, but I also bring in outside experts 
um, to help out. So like the negotiation section, I talked to a uh, professor of negotiation at Columbia University. Um, and I've worked with the heads of the entrepreneurship programs at each of the Stanford and University of Michigan business schools. And then the last part, the aspiration is about, uh, we have an interview with an actual uh, girl, uh, I think in the, she's an 11 or 12 year old girl in each of the two books, uh, about what it's like to run their own business. So these are actual girls who run their own businesses. And, um, and so the idea is kids get inspired by the book. They then get the, they want to start their own business. We give them the tools to be able to do a better job of it. And then we give them a role model that basically says, hey, you know what? This can actually be a big business. It doesn't just have to be a little lemonade stand. And so that's, that's the goal with the book. It's very cool too. And, uh, you know, I just think it's, uh, your characters are very real and it's their interactions and such. And I think that's, that's really cool. And, uh, you know, having um, worked with kids in, in, in a different, in the school environments and such, it's just neat. I had, you know, I, I thought I just wanted to say kudos to you there. What, you know, what is it about your books, storyline and characters that you think will open the readers to want to keep reading and learn more and become an entrepreneur? You know, this all starts with, it has to be a fun book right? Uh, one of the things that I, I, I say is, you know, if you try to teach a kid a lesson in a, in a book, they will smell that a mile away. And as soon as they get a whiff of it, they're done. And so what you have to do is what I describe as bake the broccoli into the brownies. You have to make it a fun story that doesn't seem like you're teaching the kids anything. And I think Nicole has a wonderful touch of being able to do that. And so uh, I think that's a big part of it. But also we have four very diverse, fun characters. Um, uh, Risa, the lead character in the first book, is um, uh, her parent, uh, one parent is black, the other one is Latino. Um, the star of the second book, Harriet, is Vietnamese. The third book, which comes out next May, the star is Didi, who is Indian. And then um, uh, the fourth girl in the series, Amelia, is, uh, is, is Caucasian. And so we've got the goal is we'll have mirrors and windows for each of the kids to see themselves or learn about different other people. Um, but it's a, it's a fun story. And also they, they, these characters struggle like kids do. They struggle with their friendship. They struggle with school. They struggle to try when they try new things. Um, and so it's very real. And I think that's a big part of it also. And that's what I have. To, I had to come back to that because that's what makes it cool because it's, that's what, you know, you, you, identify with them being kids because first of all it's not like a computer program where you go so far into it and then it says okay now what we just did was marketing and we're going to explain marketing concepts to you blah 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 back to the story you know it doesn't do something like that it's just part of what you have the characters interacting with interacting with each other and talking and dealing with some problem and challenge and i that's that's it's just it's just kind of cool because they have problems it doesn't all work out the way they want it all the time. And I think that's cool. So, yeah, no, thanks. And you know, we, we purposely kept the narrative very light on the business stuff and just, you know, examples of it. So we didn't, you know, it just, she's making a big sign for the lemonade stand. That's it. But then in the back, we explained the business concept to it. And so I think that was really important to, as I said, to bake the broccoli into the brownies. And I love that saying, I got, I got to make yeah. sure I, I say that because that is now in my vocabulary because that gives a really good image. The, the, the vegetable inside the sweetness. So yeah. like, nice. In, in face the music, there's a battle of the bands, a broken guitar, the radical skinks. And I love the name by the way, and the need to raise money. Could you share something about this book that would make a listener want to go get it now for their child? 
the second book, I, I'm so happy with how it came out. I think it's a lot, even more fun than the first book. You know, first books are hard. You got to introduce the characters and you got to do different things. Um, the second book, you're free to just let the characters roam. And the, Harriet, the star of our second book is a nut. Um, she's crazy. She's hysterical. Uh, uh, she loves animals. Um, she's got these pet skinks. She's got these three older brothers in the rock band called the Radical Skinks. Uh, and so uh, it's, it's, it's a really fun read. And as I said, we talk about pricing and customer service. And there's some great lessons in the back of the book uh, as well. And hopefully the, the kids will be inspired by it. And uh, it's frankly, you know, one of the things that also in the pandemic I talk about is one of the a great thing to do this summer is what I call uh, stuck at home startups. You might not be able to go out and run a lemonade stand, but there's a lot of businesses you can do. And one of them, similar to the, the, the characters in the second book, the characters in the second book sell t-shirts for the rock band. Well, what I say, what I've been uh, evangelizing and doing some media interviews about is that's a great business for kids to start now. You can do it from home. Um, open up a Zazzle account for your kid. Have them design a t-shirt or come up with a design, make a design or come up with a witty slogan. Go to a Zazzle or a Cafe Press, upload it onto a t-shirt or a mug or a mask, and they can, they can be in business. And Zazzle and everyone takes care of the, they produce the products, they take care of the shipping and the back end, the whole thing. All the kid has to do is come up with a design and go out and do the marketing. And so it's a, it's a great business you can start now. And so hopefully Face the Musical inspire kids to, to do just that. That's cool too. I could see, I could see that because it's, it's kind of like, you know, I grew up on, uh, on a whole bunch of Disney movies that had uh, the main character toying around with science. And that inspired me to read books that did the same sort of thing. And, you know, and even though I didn't go on to become an astronaut or, or do science, I actually became a history teacher. It actually pushed me in a direction where I wanted to know more. And, and I think this, this is what your characters, what those movie characters did for me is the same thing that your characters in your books will do for anyone's child, which is because they're interacting like children who come up with these plans and make them happen. And in the back, lo and behold, they actually were using business, <laughs> business concepts. Yeah, but actually what's interesting is you touched on something that's really important, which is you said, even though it didn't make you want to become a scientist, it just, it opened your eyes to different things. And what's, what, what's important to note here is that I'm not saying every kid should grow up to be an entrepreneur. But what I'm saying is the entrepreneurial mindset and learning how to think like an entrepreneur will help kids be more successful in life, regardless of the path they choose. Kids that see, learn how to see opportunities instead of problems, that know how to sell something, right? Right now it's a, talking about a cup of lemonade, but you know, maybe it's a, um, it's a dissertation or a, or a project or you know, a job interview. You know, that sales skills are so important. Um, getting comfortable with risk, getting comfortable with failure, realizing that failure isn't what happens when you don't succeed, it's what happens if you don't try in the first place. All those things are the entrepreneurial mindset. And all those things are things you can learn from just a simple lemonade stand. And that's what, I, what, I'm, what I'm evangelizing is not that every kid should grow up to be an entrepreneur, but start to be an entrepreneur now, develop that mindset. And I, I, I feel so strongly it'll help kids be more successful regardless of what they want to do in life. I love it. I love that focus. It's cool. They, let's shift back to the website and other pages. There, there's a section of the Startup Squad webpage that's called Stuff You Need. And this is an awesome page of helpful resources. Can you share a little bit about what the readers will find there? 
there's a, a, a lot of stuff that have come through um, the research that I did when I was writing the book. But uh, first of all, we have a teacher's guide that goes along with the book that is Common Core aligned. Um, that's a t- to help teachers bring into the classroom. And what we also do is we help teachers if they want to mimic the plot of the first book. Remember I said the first book was about the kids running a lemonade stand in their with their class to raise money for a field trip. So we help teachers run a similar program. So let's assume you want to raise money for uh, a field trip or um, a local charity or you know, uh, something that the kids want to do or to bring in a speaker or whatever it happens to be. Um, we give the teacher a way to bring that into the classroom, six different lessons that they can teach, um, you know, and then also run this competition, run a lemonade stand competition or other, other business endeavor as well in the classroom. So that's, that's a big part of it. We also have a similar guide for parents. So if parents want to um, bring out some, some of the lessons in the book, they can do that as well. There are activity kits that go along with it. Uh, come up with your own sales pitch, design your own business logo, we have tips for Girl Scouts. I've done work with a couple of hundred Girl Scouts across the country because the book, the lessons in the book really apply to girl, selling Girl Scout cookies as well. And what I've found in the troops that I've worked with is reading the book helps the girls get more excited about selling cookies. They realize they're not just selling cookies, they're actually running a small business. And so we have some tip sheets for, for Girl Scouts. And then we also have recommendations for other books that have an entrepreneurial theme um, that I read over the course of my research. And so um, parents and teachers can, can take that as well. And not only do I have the book recommendation, but I also uh, give a couple of pages of discussion about the business lessons that are actually in those books and how to bring that into your classroom or your home and, and talk to your kid about it and give them some activities to support those concepts. So awesome. Just, I love it. And that's why I want to make sure we went through that because, because there's even more, because then when you get beyond those resources, then you have other pages of other type of programs they have going on. And for example, on the startup squad web webpage, you have a section called girl CEOs. Talk about that just a little bit. I mentioned that in the back of each of the first two books, we have an interview with a actual girl, girl CEO, a girlpreneur. And so to find those girls, each of the last two summers, we ran a competition um, to find a girl to feature in the back of the book. And so what we asked girls to do was upload a one minute video about their business to our website. And so on our girl CEO tab, we have videos of 65 different girls, all between the ages of seven and 14, who all run their own business. And they talk about their business. And this is everything from, you know, girls that are just starting out to we have a video from one girl who was just the youngest person ever to be on the cover of Entrepreneur Magazine at age 14. Um, So they're amazing girls, really inspiring. And so if kids are also looking for some inspiration or want to know there are other kids just like them that are also running a business, that's a a great place to go. Excellent. I love the, 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 I just love that section. I think it's so neat. The, uh, cause it helps give examples to kids of here are kids that are doing it. <laughs> yeah. And they're Check amazing. The, uh, you know, one of the things you, you have a really cool initiative called 100 inspiring 100. Can you explain its mission and how someone could participate? I feel so strongly about this, the, this power of the entrepreneurial mindset, and I want all girls to have access to it and all kids to have access to it, not just those who can afford to pay eight bucks for a copy of the book. And so I did a program with Girls Inc. Uh, and the idea uh, behind 100 Inspiring 100 was um, to find 100 female leaders to each donate 100 copies of the book to 100 girls in need. And so we were, I worked with Girls Inc. of New York City, and we went out and we raised enough money to donate 
uh, I think we're up to 7,000 copies of the Startup Squad to their girls. And girls, the girls of, uh, it, that participate in the Girls Inc. in New York programs, I think 65% of them come from families with a household income of $30,000 a year or less. And they live in New York City. And so these are you know, these are girls that could really use, really use a helping hand. And so I'm, I'm so proud of, of what we've done and it's great. And we, um, you know, we're still distributing the books today. And so if anyone wants to participate, they can go to hundred inspiring hundred.com or, or see the link on our website and make a tax deductible donation to girls in New York city. Very cool. The, uh, Brian, you do presentations and talks with kids and, and adults too. Some of your topics are win some, learn some, and the business of being a student. And for adults, you have From Lemonade Stand to Leader and Girl Scout Cookies and Fairy Books, an unlikely path to authorship. Could you share a little bit about some of your talks? And I know that we're in a strange world right now, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing a lot of virtual talks right now uh, and looking forward to getting back into the, the classrooms and the libraries and other places to do it. Yeah, so as you said, I, I, speak to, uh, I speak to kids, I speak to adults, I did speak to kids and adults. I've done a, a few talks with uh, alumni associations of, of business schools around the country where we'll do uh, parent-child events. Uh, and then obviously, uh, as I said, you know, the typical schools and libraries you'd normally find, uh, find that authors do. Um, and as I said, I, I, the audiences are co-ed. Um, while I, I'll speak, to, I've spoken to some girls' schools, I also speak on a co-ed basis and everything I do talks about the importance of this for, for all kids when I'm talking about it on a co-ed basis. Uh, but I think two things. One is I talk about my journey when I'm talking just to adults. Uh, and I, I give kids a little bit of this perspective as well. But you know, I'm a business guy. I spent my career scaling and building businesses. And once I had this idea to create the startup squad, I had to start from scratch. And so much so much from scratch that one of the first things I did is I went out and I bought writing children's books for dummies. Because I had no idea. I don't know how to write a book. Um, and so I spent four incredibly humbling years learning how to write for kids. I faced some brutal rejections. I got some, you know, some, uh, I had a 10-year-old girl correct my grammar. <laughs> I mean, this was truly me going back to the very basics. And so I talk, uh, when I talk to adults and I, I, talk a lot about that journey and what it took to go from someone who's building businesses to starting from scratch. And I give that to perspective to kids as well. So they understand that the risk and the failure, and that's a big part of my talk for kids. Um, I, I talk a lot about the entrepreneurial mindset. I try to give them real world examples of businesses that they could start. And so I'll say to kids, Hey, you know, who likes to cook or to bake? And I'll give them examples of businesses that they could start based upon their passion of cooking or baking. And then I'll, I'll, I'll introduce them to kids who actually did start businesses um, where they'll cook or bake. And I do that for a few of their different things. And then I also, I talk to them about the importance of risk and failure. And the biggest, one of the most important things I do is explain to kids that everybody fails, right? Kids look up to these idol, these, their idols and these celebrities, and they, they just think it all came easy to them. And so I explained to them that when Beyonce was nine, she was on Star Search, the kids' talent show, and she lost. And Michael Jordan got cut from his high school basketball team. But they didn't give up. They just, they used that as fuel to push them further. And I, I think that's such, a, such an important part of it. And that's the, uh, you know, the, one of the most important things I try to share with kids and adults is the importance of risk and failure. 
which is so powerful and it's so awesome the way um, that you do that because that I thank you for that I just think that's cool that you take time to do that so well done the uh, you know Brian before we go if someone wanted to connect further with you where would you send them and also I believe that you have a special offer yeah, I do. So uh, two things. First of all, to find me, the easiest thing is uh, this, our website is thestartupsquad.com. Um, I also have some information at brianweisfeld.com, which is a little bit more focused on uh, the speaking programs that I do. But most of the resources, you can find us at thestartupsquad.com and on every social media channel, we are at the Startup Squad. Uh, as a matter of fact, on my list for this weekend is uh, my 12-year-old daughter is going to teach me about TikTok. Nice. <laughs> because we just opened up a startup squad TikTok account. And cool. so uh, I think actually her summer job is going to be to post some of our videos from our website onto TikTok. Um, although we're having a little bit of trouble in terms of the negotiation of the pricing of uh, how much she's going to get paid for that. But we'll, uh, she's read a, one too many of my books, nice, unfortunately. Nice. Um, Yes. And so a special offer. Look, I know this is incredibly difficult time for educators. And so I want to do something to help out. So what I'm uh, going to offer is a free 15 minute virtual author visit uh, with one of your educator listeners. Uh, I can do it for their classroom in the fall. I could do something now if they're doing a program over the summer, if you want to do it as a book club, however you want to do it. And um, I'm going to let you figure out how you want to give that away. But a, a free 15 minute virtual author visit with me. Um, and the group of your choice whenever, whenever, uh, uh, whenever is convenient to the lucky winner. Awesome. And thank you so much for doing that, Brian. That is so cool. And I, I can't wait till uh, we, we get to hear who the lucky winner is and uh, that'll be, that'll be uh, excellent. Thank you for taking time to do that. I greatly appreciate it. No, I appreciate everything the educators are doing, especially now. I know uh, my heart goes out to the, the teachers that have kids at their own kids at home and are trying to, deal with uh, teaching kids while they're managing their own kids' learning programs. Um, I, I, I appreciate everything that they're doing. Very cool. Well, thank you for doing that. Last two questions I have. First one goes like this. If you had the chance to talk with an auditorium filled with sixth graders and their parents, what is one thing that you would make sure that you told them? If they've ever heard the expression, win some, lose some, I would tell them that they have to start saying, win some, learn some because of the importance of that risk and failure. Uh, being an entrepreneur and having an entrepreneurial mindset means you're comfortable taking risks. Even if you fail, you're gonna learn something that's gonna help you succeed the next time. And when I talk to kids, I'd say, think about the, the, the first time you ever tried to ride a bike or try a new sport or played a new video game or tried a gymnastics move. You probably didn't do that well, but you kept working at it and you've, you've succeeded and, you, it's, and it's win some, learn some. There's a famous story, um, Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx and probably one of the wealthiest self-made women in the world, used to talk about the fact that when she sat around her dinner table at home, her dad used to say to them, her and her siblings, what did you fail at this week? And if they failed at something this week, he'd give them a high five. And if they hadn't failed at something, he would be disappointed and he'd sort of say, well, you got to make sure you fail at something next week because if you aren't failing, it means you're not pushing yourself. You're not trying new things. And um, uh, I, I think that risk and failure is so important. So I would tell that auditorium, win some, learn some. Excellent. I love that. That is so cool. Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it? And what would you say if given the chance to say thank you? 
I'm going to pick two, and uh, I'll tell you a funny story about the second one. Uh, so the first one is uh, a social studies teacher I had in seventh grade named Mr. Frank. And Mr. Frank used to write all his notes on the board in outline form. And he taught me how to take notes and how to organize my notes. And to this day, I still take notes with a pen and a paper, and I organize them in almost an outline form from what I learned from Mr. Frank. The other one um, is my 11th grade math teacher named Mr. Titterton, and um, he taught math unlike anyone else I've ever met. And we we're always doing amazing things. As a matter of fact, I remember for one of our um, uh, one of our finals, we had to do an essay about uh, a, a math concept, and I remember writing this like six page essay about this math concept. Uh, and he just, he made it fun and he also taught it in a totally different way. And so the, the funny story is my daughter come, um, comes home one day and from school. And so this, uh, I grew up in New York uh, on Long Island and we're now living in Silicon Valley. And so my daughter comes home and she's talking about that she had a substitute teacher that day for science. And she's, you know, just talking about her day and what she learned. And she said, yeah, I, I, I think Miss, I think, I think Miss Titterton was a really good teacher. And I said, wait, what's her name? And she said, Miss Titterton. And I was like, okay, there's, 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 this is not a common name. I said, you got to go back to her tomorrow and ask if she's got a, like if her dad used to teach math in New York in the, you know, in the eighties, I guess it was. And so um, she comes back the next day and she said, that's his uncle. That's her uncle. Wow. Her uncle was Mr. Titterton. Now, so the funny thing is when my parents sold the house that I grew up in, I took all of my belongings from my childhood and I filled a milk crate with it. There wasn't really much that I took. But one of the things I took was this math essay. And so I got a copy of it. Uh, I pulled it out and I scanned it and I sent it to Mrs. Titterton to send to her uncle. And she did and he remembered it. And uh, it, was, it was really nice just to be able to say, uh, to, to say thank you to him um, you know, so many years later. That's so cool. What a small world. I mean, what a, that's awesome. It's cool that you had a chance to do that too. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for talking with me today. The Startup Squad will inspire children to pursue their dreams and seek out ways to make their inspirations concrete. I think that's so awesome. I think you'll encourage a whole new wave of women in business and as business owners, as well as just to pursue their, their dreams about things. And you know, listeners will remember that you can now get both the first story, The Startup Squad, and the newest in the series, Face the Music. And also... Don't forget, audience, you need to reach out to me. If you would like to have a 15-minute talk with Brian, send me an email at stephenmiletto at gmail.com. Say, I'd like to talk with Brian Weisfeld in the subject line, and the winner will be cho chosen randomly. You know, and I'll, I'll send out some more information about this a little bit later, but uh, you know, thank you so much, Brian. I'm wishing the best in all that you do. Thank you. Um, thank you for all that you do to inspire educators. And again, um, to the educators out there, um, I, I can't thank you enough for everything you're doing for our kids, both uh, you know, always, but especially now uh, in the pandemic and everything that's going on in the world. So, uh, so thank you to, to all of you. And I enjoyed our chat this morning. Hey, remember to reach out to me if you'd like to have a 15 minute talk with Brian. Send me an email at stephenmiletto at gmail.com and say, I'd like to talk with Brian Weisfeld in the subject line. The winner will be chosen randomly. You have two weeks. The deadline is 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Friday, August 21st. That's right, 8 p.m. EST on Friday, August 21st. So don't forget, send that entry to me, stephenmiletto at gmail.com, and say, I'd like to talk with Brian Weisfeld. 
and you'll get a chance to win that 15-minute talk. Hey, don't forget to go to davidmaletto.com or Apple Books to get a copy of Images of an Idea Lost. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends.